Hey y'all, it's Delaney. And it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Duh. Sup? Hey. Here we are. Right, week 100 and million and six. Or 91. Well, mm. well, 93. Well, technically 90 because we released three of the first. Yeah, forget that we part. Need, yeah, we need to quit doing uh, the math on this. People are just like, people are like, okay, fine, we get it. Y'all been doing a podcast a long time. Okay, and what about it? And you go hear it. <laughs> right, you gonna hear some other stuff too. It's a lot going on in my house. So, in case y'all hear screeches or, you know anything else of the sort when i tell you like like i think five minutes before we even got on this call i mean we're starting an hour and a half late but um but like five minutes before we got on this call the freaking smoke detector started going off and i'm like oh my god just to have no batteries in it because now you know when a smoke detector ain't got no batteries i don't know how that is yeah and it gets louder and louder i remember when i still lived in rochester you know my neighbor upstairs I'm so happy I'll never see her. I hope I never see her again. No, all of a sudden, she's moving to Memphis. <laughs> hey, neighbor. <laughs> um, her, she wasn't there for the first part, which was glorious. Like She wasn't there for, I, I think I was in quarantine for like 14 or 15 weeks, and she was back for week 14, and it was terrible. She's so loud. But her smoke detector was going on somewhere around week seven. I called. I'm like, y'all have to go up there. I, like, I, I either would bust the door down. <laughs> <laughs> because my my what's to call it my nervous system cannot take that like the beep and then like 30 seconds later like how do you live like that i mean yeah. some people do some people ignore it i don't see how it's so piercing and then you know if you ignore it for long enough it just gets more frequent yeah. and louder i'm like i thought you were running out of battery right and now all of a sudden you got all this you got all this strength how about you use that use that strength that you're putting in to get in uh louder and more frequent and put that into detecting smoke which is what you for exactly i'll be taking my smoke detectors down loki i have to remember to put them up because like they're so sensitive you could boil water <laughs> fire fire i'm like yes <laughs> that's right. what you need to boil water <laughs> Michael got mad because he he came to help me move last month and he saw my salt detectors were down. He was like, you not supposed to do it. That's what he did. <laughs> Good? His respiratory system okay? <laughs> you have to take them down because, because y'all will be like, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just like that. You know Jamaicans anger is their love language. That's Patois. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. You know what? I'm gonna ride down to Jamaica. Now they welcoming me at the airport. <laughs> My friend told me that's what y'all do over here. <laughs> okay, first of all, not over here <laughs> in these parts. Oh my god. Um, we need to take a classically black. Remember what happened to that uh, trip to... We had so many one? trips that we said we was going to take. What was we going to Japan? We was going to Alaska. We really could have gone... Okay, Alaska... Why did we not go to Alaska? I don't even... I don't no, even you know. know what we... You know what we were supposed to go and didn't go? Because it was like $28 for a hot dog was um Greenland. 
Greenland? Iceland. Oh, yeah, because it's like, Iceland. A, it's like way off in the cut. That's why. Um, we were supposed to go to Argentina. We were going to go to Argentina for a second. We should. We, I cannot wait for outside to open in 2038 so we can make that happen. You know, but see, and that's the thing, because it's going to happen with you involved, because I'm the type, I'll be planning stuff from knowing full well I ain't getting up off my couch to go. When I tell you, <laughs> when, I tell you when I went to Paris, that was on the hairs of my, my chin chin chin, because I was at the airport like, yo, I just really want to go home right now. Like, sometimes I just got to be forced to go through with it. Because, but I feel yeah. like it's different because, like, if you you went to Paris on spring break, like, you already been working all semester. Like, sometimes you do want to just sit at home. Mm-hmm. I think it's about when. But, you know, we, we might could do some of these meetings abroad. I mean, not right now because, first of all, are we even allowed anywhere? I just, um, I just spoke to a cousin that I have living in Jamaica who is from the UK. And she really wants to go back, but she can't. <laughs> and... Uh, she was like, I was like, oh yeah, how's it out there? And she was like, I was, she's like, oh, I was like, when are you going back to? You know who it is, the one I, he naughty girly, mm-hmm. her daughter. But anyway, I was being nice, <laughs> um, because it was it's literally been two years, three years, so I got over it. But um, not my over it, but it was literally a thirty second phone conversation. I could I could suck it up. I'm an adult, but um. She was like, yeah, they're doing, Jamaica's doing a rollout system. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just really want to meet Auntie Girly. She did now. I know. I mean, I was just like, I can't now, but, and hopefully we ain't, we, never mind. Why you want to never mind, never Let mind. me not do that. I not on here. I was going to say, hopefully we don't end up in the same place. <laughs> <laughs> the way you be describing her. <laughs> Auntie Girly was a lie. Who, who listens to this one? Who wouldn't? I don't think any of my family. My mom thought we stopped because they're, our episodes are no longer on YouTube. She's like, I haven't seen any of your podcasts for a while. I'm like, Ina, we record every week. And you just thought we would just put them into the abyss? You didn't ask me why they were no longer on YouTube? That was the best decision we ever made. YouTube yeah. was such a hassle. It was so annoying for the least streams. Like, it had for a the whole le- separate thing. Nah, I'm good. Nah. But she said, yeah, they Jamaica's doing a rollout system. And it they started with the U.S. I'm like, you started with the U.S.? Why? I'm like maybe because like y'all desperate for money because they've been shut down this whole time and they yeah the tourism and stuff. But because Jamaica's like a little one two for people who live in New York, Chicago, whatever. Like that's a little trip. Uh, I mean that flight still be like three and a half hours. But y'all should if y'all wanted to stop close the border, you should have you want that uh, yeah start with us. Ooh. I was like, you disagree with me. Yeah. Um, it's bad over here. Yeah, it's getting it's real ghetto out here. Um, so congrats to everybody else whose cases are going down. Congrats for having good leadership. Right. Well, this this country is literally like the one of the board directors, one of the uh school board directors' son play violin who's constant master but everybody else behind him is better than him that's what this country's going through yup I saw a tweet that said someone said I like I kind of like the mask thing cause I can talk to myself in public without being judged and I said I and I do enjoy that so <laughs> so someone was like I could still hear you I'm like you're not freaking having a 
a, a debate with yourself out loud. Which one of these cucumbers should I get, Katie? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Not using the name as well. <laughs> but like, you just be having your thought because who can see you? Nobody. Mind your business with your mask on. Period. I felt seen. And Choice said it. Choice, uh, Tabitha Brown's daughter. Yeah, I gotta catch myself. I'll be like, yeah, people probably think I'm like, I don't even know. People were like, underneath the there. Are under- talking to. <laughs> oh, see, because I'd be like, I'd be trying to. That but was, people, people be were like, y'all need to. I was doing it before the mask, and I was like, y'all brave. Yeah, I feel like people. I feel like people. That was like really, really stigmatized when I was younger. Like talking to yourself, oh, you crazy! You, da, 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 da. I talked to myself so much. Like I talked to myself, and I talked to myself out loud because a lot of times I can't even process thoughts mm-hmm. when I practice, especially. Well, when I practiced. Okay. <laughs> let me use past tense on that. Not doubling me, back. Let me just um, let me just be realistic about that. When I used to practice, um, I um, I would talk to myself a lot because that would help you know get out of your head if you're forced to put stuff into words. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but memories. Mm-hmm. I talk to myself. I enjoy my company. I be like, hey, girl. Okay. <laughs> hey, girl. What's up, Cody? <laughs> Man, well, you know, I mean, you know, we in the same head, so Man, you know. I'm not answering myself yet. Yeah. <laughs> now, Katie, over here, oh, I got to text myself. I ain't responding to myself. I'm mad at me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what's the news? What's 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 the news? Um, Well, <laughs> actually, this, this is funny. Sorry. Um, So... We all remember when James was... Is it Levine or Levine? We, do we have to talk about this? Okay. Do you know? If it's Levine... And you know what? I'm sick because... Does it matter? I think it's Levine. Levine. James Levine. Actually, whatever it is, I'm going to do the, ap- the opposite. So James Levine... It's Avril, it's Avril Levine. Well, I'm going to say Levine. So if it's Levine, I'm going to say Levine. Because... <laughs> <laughs> He sucks. James Levine um, is going to be returning to the concert stage for the very first time. We'll, we'll see. Um, he's supposed to be um, conducting the, at the Maggio, I'm guessing. I don't speak Italian. Maggio Musicale Fiorentino. Y'all, y'all, I'm struggling. Fiorentino Arts Festival in Florence, Italy uh, during the 2020-2021 season. Well, we'll see because they said Y'all don't don't bring that run over here. So, I mean, Italy is the run over here. Hmm. Italy is the run over here. What do you mean? They have a whole bunch of cases. You said don't bring that run over here. That's oh, they're still. Maybe not right I now. I just they had it people. bad. Yeah, I I remember when Italy was shut mm-hmm. down. But I assume that they've gotten better by now since they did do that. Um, but I don't know. Um, but I mean, I mean, Florida is the capital of the world, so. Um, but y'all might y'all might uh, remember he had uh, he was suspended from his position as music director of the Met in 2017 after multiple allegations of sexual misconduct were made public. Um, ooh, yes, terrible, terrible things that um, that came forward, including you know minors and all of that type of stuff. So, um, yes, he um, no longer works there and has not been working since. Um, but this is going to be his first, his first, you know, 
stepping out, uh, but we will see because it don't seem like don't really want no uh, Americans nowhere in their country. Um, but apparently people do want uh, sexual predators in their music festivals because the musical director said, quote, I always try to protect people who are demonized, rightly or wrongly. That's how I am. <laughs> Wait, my friend. The rightly or wrongly took me out. Rightly? <laughs> rightly? If someone is rightly demonized, like they did it, and you're like, I still want to protect you. <laughs> like, and when I mean, and I say that, like, not protect, like, because there was a thing that people, uh, one thing that people really don't understand, like, as a side note. Police are not supposed to kill people if they're guilty either. Exactly. Like, just because they did it don't mean they should have died for it. But so, like, I don't mean, like, protect in that way. But I mean, like, you want to offer him a job, even if he did do it? You're like, yeah, if he he sexually assaulted all those people, including children. But, you know, I, I, I want to offer him a job here. Huh? That, just goes to show, that just goes to show that our society doesn't care about women classical music doesn't care about women and classical music doesn't even care about being right and you know what i actually really i actually like this because it's like this i i wish i wish this this energy instead of acting like it you know like we don't stand for racism yep we like everything white because this is a great example of just like you don't care if it's right or wrong you Mm -hmm. just you know what you want like so i you know what great and you're just gonna sit in that like not the rightly or wrongly took me out um who's gonna go see that but you know he probably scrounged it because that that little million he made it back in 2018 got to be running out get to be so he probably scrounged i'm glad he doing odd jobs right especially for a festival it's probably not gonna happen i wish him nothing but the worst yeah. The fact that, and the fact that you could still get hired after literally being a literal monster. And I feel like a lot of people go um, overseas. We're going to see sis from the Austin Symphony. She's probably going to be in that festival oh, yeah. too. She's going to be And she there. probably ain't got to go that far. Actually, yeah, she don't. Because at least, because this was, this was, you know, um, um, you know, she was she was saying that stuff about black people. There's plenty of, plenty of orchestras in plenty of places in the United States that hate black people, so. Hmm. Probably gonna start with Oklahoma Symphony. <clears throat> um. <laughs> um, you ain't gotta ask about them. They put out that thing. You exactly. You know exactly what kind of conversations are happening over there. Oh yeah, that thing. Oh, that was the Tulsa Symphony. Yeah. Oh yeah, my bad. Tulsa Symphony. Um, Not to drag Oklahoma. My bad. Oklahoma Symphony. Well, that time will come, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> might as well throw them in there too. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. We actually, we can't be lying on folks. <laughs> is Oklahoma Symphony a thing? I'm sure it is. That sounds like something. Um, <laughs> what, what is, is this podcast? show? <laughs> That's why when people when people be like, "Oh, I just want to do a critical analysis of what y'all say," I'm like, "Girl, we just be talking like." <laughs> I'm just kidding. We know things. We do. We know. Things. We do be knowing things, but like sometimes we we just we just talk around. We just be talking sometimes. Like, but at least we not we not acting like we know. Like we saying maybe we not saying yes certainly. But but I mean yeah. Go ahead and throw them in the number. I'm sure they'll be in the chopping block soon. Girls, only about three symphonies who ain't finna be in the chopping block. Yeah, because I mean between orchestras racist and conducting is racist and composing is racist all of that between that i mean everybody getting their turn 
I'm just gonna need one one of these dimensions to shift so Wakanda could finally come out from wherever it's been. I'm just so exhausted. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, there was another quote from that that same music director though that I did want to read. He said, "I don't want to hear nothing else." What did I? What did, what did I decide on? Levine, Ad, Avril Levine, yeah, Ad, Avril Levine, yeah. Yep. So Levine um has been has been silent for such a long time after contributing so much to music and I think that the musical world needs to hear him. We worked hard with Levine's agent to convince him. But I think what uh, ultimately swayed his decision is that he is missing music making so much. Ain't nobody stopping you from making music? First of all, you lucky you not in jail. Yeah, I was just about to say they they, they ain't got a tambourine at the jailhouse. Like right, you you not you not clack clack clacking your cup on them bars. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> because um what um what is the 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 um the composer and I and I wrote about him in something for music history. He wrote the quartet for the end of time. Oh shoot! Name. He wrote that while he was in prison. He was oh actually wrongly God. imprisoned. He was wrongly What's imprisoned. What's his name? But, I feel so um, mad. What was his name? What did I, uh, we um, spent weeks on this quartet in one of, these, one of them graduate classes. I spent a whole bunch of money on. Yeah. Um, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to be real mad when I see that name. People listening like, it's da da da. What's his name? Um, dang. Wait, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. What is it's his loading. name? Wait, don't say it. Don't, don't, don't say it. Oh, quartet quartet for at a time i could see i could see the music i could actually see the music because like for seven instruments or something right seven or eight instruments delaney i could see the score in my head who <laughs> wrote it oh wait no no, no no don't tell me don't tell me okay give me the first letter of his last name uh-huh m messine almost messian Whatever. Oh, I don't know if that's if that's even how you say mess. I'm, I'm just listening. That's exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really. M e s s i a e n. I say mess in. Come on, Eddie K in the hole for that. Period. And said it wrong, but we here. Yeah, you you look. You're not in. You're not in the jailhouse performing that. So. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'm. Too, he still got an agent. You, you still got somebody on payroll. Yeah, he must have something. He don't want to. He didn't want to do it. He, the fact that he still do. Uh, white men are undefeated. Um, the fact that you still took it. Should I take that out? Hmm. No. Should I take it? So. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Um. And then of course. Yeah. See, and I, I just realized that there's comments on this, and I should not have even scrolled up down here. Well, you, you know we love a good comment over here because over here, music is music, and exceptional talent at one point should be acknowledged and embraced. He was in—he was the freaking music director of the Metropolitan Opera for decades. You think his talent has not been acknowledged? You, not at one point. At one point, he's never been acknowledged. The the former music director of the Metropolitan Opera has never been acknowledged. I mean, the fact that you. That y'all pulling talent over like actual human lives is honestly amazing right. to me. Like and, and acting as though acting as though like, oh well, well he's never he needs to get his flowers, huh? He needs to get his freedom taken. That's what he need to get. <laughs> like, huh? Talking about um yeah, mus- somebody saying musicians are humans. Um What? You know what? Like and then some guy, this man has been punished enough. He hasn't done any time. How do you mean he's been 
punished enough because he lost his job. If he you don't go down and apply to the Kro- if you don't go down and apply to the Kroger and call it a day, like yo, this is like like I just huh? Like he's he's been punished enough. But so and so, but but whenever a black person is killed by the police, oh, they shouldn't have been resisting yeah. arrest. The pardoning of the pardoning of white people is actually really annoying. You saw that Amy Cooper update. You what you the, catch that? that huh? what, isn't she getting charged or something? Or and then old dude was like, "I'm not co- cooperating with the police because the dude. Um, yeah, first of all, yeah, continue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not cooperating, um, with the police because you know she suffered enough, and it just seems like it's piling on. If if we um. Uh, she's already lost so much, so it just seems like excessive if we go ahead. I'm well, like, she was banking on you losing your life. Exactly. So. She knew exactly what she was doing. She I feel like exactly the humanization of white people is just so dangerous because it's like this man literally assaulted so many people, lost his seven-figure job for good reason, and now everybody in the comments talking just because it happened in 2017 – and now it's three. He said, "Oh, he suffered enough, and and you know, he everyone's human." I'm like, "Yeah, everybody's human. Not everybody assaults everybody else." What are you talking about? But the it's it's amazing to me about how sympathetic people can be. Not I'm not co- I'm not cooperating with the police. Terry Crews must have got to him. Ter- yup. Terry got to him. Don't do it. <laughs> Massa ain't mean it. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> sorry, I had to do it. Uh, it's Terry. Terry middle name. I bet you was Thomas. Terry Thomas. <laughs> Terry Thomas. <laughs> I'm not cooperating with the police because you know black supremacy. You can't have it, man. Wow. Yeah, you better hope crazy. You better hope he could keep his hands to himself. He over there in Florence. But with that music director, you don't know how that's going to go. Like, I just can't, be, like, I mean, I can believe it, but it's just so. I could believe it. Crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, crazy to see. Yeah, it. it's like this stuff that, like, of course, it doesn't surprise you, but it's still just like, wow. Wow. Like, y'all really, y'all really came up here. Like, there's not so many, like, there's so many talented conductors, so many that don't abuse children. And women. Like children. Y'all don't even care about kids. Y'all don't care about nobody. Y'all don't care about nobody. I'm telling you. You think they care about kids? I think I was I was telling you a I was telling you yesterday. I taught I taught a lesson and this she's six and she was so she was with her mom and she sneezed into her hand. Half of she's so cute. Half it into the hand, half of it into the air, and you know, and then her nose started running. Her mom wiped it. I'm like, these are the kids y'all are trusting to socially distance in the fall. They don't care about kids. They don't care about kids with this COVID thing. They don't care about kids after Sandy Hook. And I'm like, I noticed in Florence, but people don't care. They don't. They care about their own agendas. But also, it's like you do you really care? I'm like, where's the CEO of this orchestra? Because it's like that's not a good look at all. 
Yeah, and maybe they wanted there. someone with notoriety and who was cheap because you cannot tell me that James Levine. I'm sorry, yeah, Levine, right. You cannot tell me James Levine is not charging any more than ten dollars an hour to conduct the orchestra. <laughs> My dude has not worked in three years. The fact that they said his, they, his agent had to convince him. I'm like, he still got somebody on payroll. No, he don't. I bet you he he like I said. <laughs> He got an agent the same way my dog Chango is our manager. But you know, we know somebody who got an assistant. <laughs> it ain't hard to have an assistant. <laughs> it's a so, show. Nah, he ain't got no agent. His agent have to. Well, well, proud of you, classical music. Thanks again for your disappointment. <laughs> it's just crazy yes and people really don't care about like and it's classical music i'm sorry like like when there's money when there's power status involved like people really will just ruin people's lives like willingly like the other day last night last night my mom had turned on that that new or i don't know if it's new but that documentary about the the usa gymnastics the abuse scandal Mm. She turned that on. I was just like, "Wow!" I can't watch stuff like that. Yeah. I was just like, "This man." I'm just, yeah. He's in jail though, right? Yeah, for he's now. In prison. He's in, no, he's in prison forever, forever. He got he he was sentenced um to both federal and and state prison. Um, and his state prison sentence comes after his federal, but he got sixty years in federal prison and then forty to one hundred and five in state prison. So he'll die there. And I hope they bury him on the grounds. And I wish he would stay. He was serving his state, uh, his state uh, sentence first, because I heard federal prison is a walk in the park. So, oh, for real? Yeah. But I mean, obviously, no type of prison is a walk in the park. But yeah, I hope. Yeah. But still, I've heard that it's it's easier in federal prison than. I mean, he probably. What was I watching? They said that there's a nickname for it, Club Fed, because it's like, you know. I mean, he probably got his little gymnastics team in there. He just, how disgusting! Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, um, but there's other people who were involved in that that ought to be in prison, and so. But anyway, um, on to other things. Um, the National <clears throat> Opera has just commissioned a work called "One Vote One," um, from. A uh, black composer, Dave Ragland. I hope I'm saying his uh, his name right. And the librettist is Mary McCallum. Um, it's the opera is centering as suffragist Frankie Pierce and the civil rights activist Diane Nash. Um, so super super happy that they are funneling money into this. I mean, um, the the composer for this you know he's popping he's the director of the inversion vocal ensemble um they received an emmy nomination um uh where he received a, a an emmy nomination for one of his works um and the um the opera company itself will be uh, also partnering with the Middle Tennessee State University Center for Historic Preservation to create a study guide that meets uh uh, Tennessee standards for U.S. history. I don't know if I, if I have faith in that. I mean, no offense to Tennessee, but like, I mean, I'm all for 
uh, updating history because you know some history books be wilding like mm-hmm. wild, that one that was like the slaves came here from Africa to and agreed to do X Y and Z. I'm like whoa 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 agree, right <clears throat> came here and agreed like y'all just y'all do a lot. Um so uh, I'm happy that they're they're doing that partnership as as well as commissioning this um this project. Because a lot of people, they, a lot of people I'm noticing, well, I'm not just noticing this, but it's just annoying that a lot of people in classical music want to go to the concert hall and it's okay to like what you like and whatever. And it's okay to want to hear your faves. But at the same time, some people only want to go there and just be immersed in whiteness and not mm-hmm. be challenged or anything. So, um, shout out to them for this. That's the Nashville Opera once again. So. Um, doesn't say when the the commission will be completed, but keep an eye out. I'm sure we'll hear about it. Um, and then last but not least, um, so I'm reco- we're, while we're recording this, it hasn't launched yet, but this comes out on Monday, so we'll be fine. Um, our friend Jasmine, Jasmine, <laughs> not the not the whisper. <laughs> So if y'all remember the the episode that we did to convince us for new music edition episode, this is a long time ago. So this is OG classically black. Yeah, listeners. OG. Um, our friend Jasmine was on the show because you know she be doing that that new music stuff and you know she be doing a lot. <laughs> so um, she has uh, just launched a new project of hers called Black Classical Music Educators. I'm just Jasmine. Come on, like Jasmine is popping. Um, Jasmine's popping. She's a lead. It's like wow, Jasmine. That level of professionalism and elitism and <clears throat> black excellence. I can only aspire. <laughs> I can only aspire. Right. So let me tell y'all a little bit about her project. Um, again, it's called Black Classical Music Educators. It's an online space um, for both parents and uh, black young black aspiring musicians and adult students as well. We ain't figure about y'all um, who are interested in in sharpening their musical skills to easily uh, secure private lessons with a black classical music educator. So you saying ain't no black teachers? I I, I want to play the violin. My, I, you know, I want to say from a black teacher. Period. Listen, you just sign on to Black Classical Music Educators, and you find a black violin teacher. You can you can uh look them up by your city. Um, you can also see whether or not you know they offer virtual lessons. If you can't find anyone in your city, um, there are people on there that offer virtual lessons and. Also, if you can't find nobody in your city, you can sign up to be notified when somebody in your city uh, registers as an educator on the site. Um, And if you are an educator, it's also a community uh, for black classical music educators to find um, um, to find students and to find each other and engage with each other on that platform. Um, And it's going to offer uh, private lessons for every instrument in the orchestra, as well as voice composition, music theory on conducting so listen if you are a student um a, a learner right now um and you want a teacher i would highly encourage you to go over to uh jasmine's site and if you are an educator and you would like to be involved with this girl what are you doing go over to her site 
and registered to be an educator. It is so amazing. Like, <clears throat> so, like I said, by the time this um, is out, it'll be launched. So, I will have the the uh, the uh, website in the description um, as well as their socials and Jasmine's socials so you can follow her. Um, but when she sent, she sent us, like, the like a little screen oh, yeah. recording of the site before it launched. When I tell you, I literally shed a tear. I was like, this is amazing like just seeing the page with the with the educators on it like all these black people with their instruments like Mm -hmm. i was like this is amazing like classical music would never be the same it will never be the same i'm so excited it will literally never be the same all right so it's time for the intermission delaney is not tight this week that's great good to see we'll see early to tell okay so Today, you probably could tell from the title that we're going to be talking about this Jada and Will situation. And I thought it would be a perfect time to also, um, well, let, me, let me go back. So one of the things about Jada and Will's relationship to the public eye is it's something that always looks perfect. Like they always like, they always talk about like they little, they th- they everything they be going through they talk about them going to therapy they look perfect they they've been together a long time they're both extremely famous they both were faint they got they kind of rose in fame together um and they're living their lives in the public eye and they make it seem um they make it seem perfect and when this stuff about every once in a while something will break about famous celebrities like Beyonce and Jay when they went through that thing I know the Beehive got tight the Beehive still doesn't forgive Jay-Z like the, I heard Crystal she was like yeah that's real cute and everything but I'm not gonna I don't forgive it I don't forgive it yeah. <laughs> I mean it's on site if I see Jay-Z so. <laughs> um uh Jada and Will is another example obviously I'm trying to think of other celebrity couples that just look like uh Sierra and Russell Wilson like they just look it looks perfect and when the Jada and Will thing broke it was like y'all gotta stop putting these celebrities on pedestals because everybody be going through it and then Crystal said something Crystal was like on the read I would say Crystal on the read was saying a lot of y'all like this Jada and Will back and forth because it looked like y'all like it looked like y'all family and y'all parents and what y'all be going through (laughs) um so I thought it would be a, a cool thing um, to talk about things that you always thought were perfect in classical music um, for the intermission, but you realize aren't. And I'm kind of, kind of, I, I changed the intermission last minute, so I'm gonna kind of lead a little bit. We'll just have a little discussion on each on each of these. I have three. The first oh, one, see. you got three. I got one. Oh wait, you came up with stuff. I got one. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I, I tested the link like 30 minutes before we recorded um, that I changed the intermission. Um, so, okay, what you got? We probably have some, I only have three, so they're probably one of them is similar. Something you thought was perfect in classical music and then you got, you realize it wasn't. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, I guess it's more so like something that surprised me. But yeah, I thought like, it's just crazy that for some people in, that it's it's crazy that for some people you get a job especially like in an orchestra or something and it's just like you clocking in oh like, yeah like that's just crazy to me like were we talking even, to like, somebody about that mm-hmm. okay. yeah we were and um and it's it's just crazy 
to me that it's like not even music is so amazing and how can you not feel something but it's like for you to be at that that caliber of like because this was a huge orchestra that the, the person you know that we were talking that we were talking to about this like a a, a huge orchestra it's for you to be at the caliber that it that it takes to play in an orchestra like that and you just like yeah i'm just like yeah it's wild that like the the people really hate that they like oh, man i gotta go play that one i mean I feel yeah the same way, also like we spent our whole lives i realized like the build up to the concert our entire lives has been like this huge thing like think back to like middle school high school where it's like it's eight weeks until the concert you know, we've always had this huge build up to a concert and now it's like you freaking clock in on a Monday and you play it on Tuesday, clock in on Wednesday, put it on Thursday and you've played a concert Friday, Saturday, Sunday. All right. Monday dark. Let's do it again. And it's like, I mean, I'm looking like that now, but that's also because I'm playing like it depends. I guess if you level up. So like if I were to get like a fellowship or something like that, then it would be like after those concerts, I'll probably be like, oh, yeah you know it's concert night you know mm-hmm. and then if you want a job you would do the same thing but like people who be going let's have a party after this eastman philharmonia concert i feel like girl i'm going home <laughs> <laughs> who cares and who eastman philharmonia they was cranking i mean i feel like every conservatory they crank them out because i feel like our concerts in undergrad were a little less frequent because i remember being in rotation and being like we already got a concert dang yeah that's one of the benefits i when i was going to when i um when i was at interlock and they were talking about like deciding where you go to school and that's one of the benefits of like conservatories and stuff and, and one of the factors of what if you're deciding to go to school is how frequently you perform mm-hmm. you know like because they tend to perform more yeah cranking them out like oof okay um one of the things that I thought was perfect and then you get there, you realize not, is like one of the things is your school. Like, I remember I was tell I was telling uh the same person, um, I was like when I first went to East when I went to Miss Taylor's Viola uh festival, Viola he, he Mr. Taylor uh probably did. It's Mr. Taylor. He probably did. <laughs> not past tense. I mean, it's Rona, but I haven't, and I also haven't heard him do one in a while, but in 2016, he did a, I'm lying, was it 2015? Dang, it was 2015. Mm-hmm. Wow. 2015, he did, he, he has a viola workshop that he does with Katie Day from the governor's school. Um, And I went to that and I was like, period. Eastman, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm like, there's two options. I die or I go to Eastman. Okay, whoa. <laughs> like, like, dang, wait. <laughs> wait. I die, was like, Katie. Okay. So I was actually in now Ohio you... State and I had a really oh. great experience with Juliet Whitesmith. So I was going to go there. But <laughs> I was. <laughs> Hope she don't listen to this episode. <laughs> But I was like, oh my God, I have to go to Eastman. I have to go. I have to go. I have to go. And like when I got to Eastman, I will say there was never, there was never like a week or two that would go by that I would stop. Even up until graduation, I would stop and be like, dang, I really go to Eastman. Like it was, it, it remains surreal to me. I will say that. But like, just like any place, Eastman got my nerves. And it's like, (laughs) 
things can be two things can be right at the same time like I could be incredibly grateful and humbled to go to a school like Eastman especially considering where I came from and still have the little things annoy me so (laughs) like you know and I'm not gonna get into those things because like I said every school has it every school has like little things that kind of got on your nerves but um Little things that kind of got on your nerves, but um, I can't believe. I mean, I had a really great time at Eastman. I can't think of too many. What is like? I remember. I just remember being the moment. Like, this is annoying. Um, oh my god, that library class with the take. I took a whole oh, semester. That situation with you and Bruno, with you and Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Jasmine, boy. We really. <laughs> I think only besides the professor, there's only like two other people in the entire world that know about that. Oh, maybe, maybe her fiance. Right, unrelatable content, by the way. <laughs> that was a mess. Me and Jess. <laughs> that class was absolutely wretched. But um, yeah, I took up that library class, that Sibley library class. Just to still ask the librarians where stuff was. So that guy, <laughs> just still walking around Sibley looking dumb. Um, but yeah, another thing that I thought was perfect, and I think we could both talk about this, was uh, your teacher. Like, talk about the first time you saw your teacher. I ain't saying nothing. So go ahead. <laughs> talk about we could both talk about this. Listen, I'm still under his tutelage. <laughs> Go on. And that was that. Because I'm not going to say anything about Mr. Taylor because the last time I checked, I don't have tenure at the Eastman School of Music. But that is one thing we I think we've both, without saying what they were, have had instances where we might have seen something from our teacher on your own here no i'm just kidding <laughs> but like th- th- one of the things that really annoy me about classical music is like how do i say this without saying too much you remember th- remember the thing like oh how do i say this remember th- okay remember the thing we we talk about this instance all the time with one of our former friends and my teacher Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, I know you. I know you would know. And it's like I don't ever. I know, one one day, Mr. Taylor. Well, why can't we just say? I mean, we can't say who it was, but we could kind of say. Yeah, what I just it really. Was, yeah. yeah. Because it, that person knows who it is. We know that for sure. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, we know that one thing's for sure and two things for certain. I put my life on the line for that. I know for <laughs> a fact that person could not give me a timestamp. Uh, <laughs> um. I just really hate how Mr. Taylor could play play me into the ground. And that's just the reality of it. Like he is such an amazing musician. And it's like, yes, we our teacher but our teachers aren't perfect. I think that's one thing that it, that's kind of my point about this whole thing. It's like but just because they're not perfect, there there's that's never an opportunity for you to be like, well, I don't even know how to say it, Delaney, but without well, saying too much, why don't you try? <laughs> well, I'm confused about what you're what you're talking around. Like, what? 
can't be said. I suppose I could say it the way I would, and you could edit it out if it's too much. But I don't know. Basically, there was a, a a performance, and this person felt the need to. Well, they you hear how they sounded on oh, X Y Z. I'm like, this person is a freaking tenure professor at the Eastman School of Music, right? Like everybody gets nervous. Everybody, you know, doesn't have the the best performance, but you could not touch the hem on his garment exactly. and that's bottom line like you know like who like huh and that's why when people say say stuff like that like even about fellow students i'm like yo we auditioned in front of the same committee and we both here you're right like everybody here you know like, mm, somebody asked me about um and i sure i don't care if they hear it because it was wrong um <laughs> somebody asked me about like the concerto competition at Eastman and they're like, Oh, who won it? I didn't know the person's name, but they were like, Oh, are are they good? I said, they won the concerto competition at Eastman. Duh. Like, (laughs) I don't need to tell you. I'm not going to tell you, no, they suck or no, they were so good. They won the concerto competition at Eastman. That if nobody is good enough, they will pick no one. That's the thing. (laughs) They will, they will put Steve Doan, professor of cello, they will put him in a tux and plop him on that stage <laughs> before they pick somebody who is not going to play the concerto right. So it's like, what is that? Like, nah. One day we'll talk about it, but classical music, classical musicians really do be in my nerves. <laughs> like, y'all are really irritated. I love y'all though. Um, but that like pompous, like, oh, they made a mistake. So one, one mistake or one bad performance negates the entire career. A career that you could never get to. Oh my god, I hate it here sometimes. Like, bro, yeah. Anyway, that like higher than that. Oh my god, you know what? Let me move on. My stomach's starting to hurt. Um, and the last one I have is recordings, girl. And this weirdly gets on my nerves because I remember I, I made a status. I was like, recording is the ghetto. Like, imagine like. I was just about to say. Imagine, because like, for people who don't know, when you when you audition for an orchestra and they have like a taped round or something, they'll say it has to be in one take. And that's the part that really makes me roll my eyes. Like, so that I could see my amygdala that's how hard I roll my eyes back because it's you play the concerto and you you muster enough strength to get through that and then you get you get to excerpt three or five and make a mistake (laughs) it's like and that's why like okay so you practice you practice recording right that's like the that was the real tea that mr taylor told me and i was like you be knowing huh because when i started doing that when you take when you take the audition every day before you record that's that's when you in your bag that's Mm -hmm. how you do it like if i'm a week out from audition uh yeah yeah maybe a week maybe like 10 days out from audition i start taking the audition every day i'll take it 
before I put practice, I practice, I take it again. Because you want to get in the habit of like, I'm not finna stop, period. I'm not gonna stop. So when you get to the recording, you're not like, you get you get three notes in and you're like, dang, I gotta go back. But um, I made up a status and I was, I, I made a status and I was like, this is freaking ghetto. Like whoever came up with this stuff, like I'm meeting you at like, period. Like it's on site when I see you. Bra, bra, bra. And um, a colleague of mine was like that's why professionals have a a full studio people mixing their stuff and making them do this part over and this measure over and this and I'm like see and you you be listening to these recordings of people playing you know the Walton Viola concerto and da 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 not knowing that they took they did that is not one take it's not even like it's like it's like many takes like this measure go here and this measure go here and but I right <laughs> I'm me. I'm supposed to to take everything in one take for your willy nilly music festival. That's not fair. That is not fair. You got Joshua Bell over here talking about. Let's run that back. But I, nah, nah, that ain't fair. And the realty is that the reason why they be telling you not to edit stuff is because you can go in. I didn't know somebody told me this. You can really go in and like raise. <laughs> not looking over like that uh and logic you can go the reason why they be saying no editing because i'm thinking no editing because loki i was like if i stand really 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 still right <laughs> after i make the mistake and i just superimpose it over <laughs> but i'm like my dumb self like ain't no way i'm gonna get out get away with that now you see a big old jump um uh, <laughs> Or, or look, now that coffee cup that was in the background all of a sudden gone. Right. They're going to be like, what? what? I'm, I'm just, I'm too clumsy to get away with something like that. Like, I can't. I, it's gonna if, if you see one take, just know that Katie didn't one take. But apparently, in Logic, you could, like, go in with different notes and, like, make them sharper. For, girl. That sounds real extra. You might as well just practice it. <laughs> like, you can make stuff sharper, but it takes more time. So, it's like, what do you want to do? You want to take more yeah. time learning it? Or you want to take more time editing it? But you can make stuff sharper, flatter. You can um, you can stabilize all the notes. There's a whole bunch of stuff you could do with Logic. I was like, so you know, You see me sitting up there. You see me sitting up there in the Berlin field. You don't know what happens. <laughs> and you going to mind your business. What you finna do? <laughs> if you see me, Principal Violist. Of Vienna, you be like, not only did I hire a woman, is she black? Mind your business, because that is my business, and don't don't worry about it, don't worry about it, sweetheart. <laughs> now you see, now they pull up my bank records and see a purchase from Logic. Listen, because I might, I, I did a little one too, and that's my business, and you gonna mind yours, period. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> you freaking cheat your way to the top. Now they asking for fingerings and and you like oh, oh. <laughs> they're like oh yeah yeah you know so and so except you played that and I'm, I'm who what <laughs> they're like the lady we were wondering uh just for this passage like what finger you use oh one 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 <laughs> uh uh seven <laughs> fake and then you gotta blow a little bit. <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. But that was that's what I had for the intermission. See, you have fun. Giggles and smiles had by all. 
Right. I'm about to have my my principal seat in the Berlin field. Just wait on it. Period. And I saw I told y'all, so make sure you uh send a check when you get your check. When you get your two hundred two hundred thousand dollar check for being principal, I told you how to get there. All right, well, we're almost an hour in already, so in for a treat. Um, and we're just now moving on to the topic. So how did that happen? Um, talking about the what's his name getting invited to that festival. We spent oh. some time on that. Um, but yeah, so this this week, um, as you can see from from the title, this is another trifling music history. Ooh, um, I'm actually really proud of this little series. This is the only one that held up, huh? <laughs> I mean music history be trifling so um like Katie said for the intermission we're kind of playing off of the whole thing that happened with Will and Jada so if you are not familiar with the situation Will, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith you should know who they are so they are married and famous um so apparently I think August Alcina who I thought I didn't even know August Alcina. Like I remember everybody was really mad into him a couple years ago. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, my sister because I know who that is because my sister was she thought he was so fine. Like, he is not attracted to me at I'm all. Looking. At all. Like I don't know, but um, yeah. But anyway, people were mad into him a couple years ago. But he was really sick, so I think that's why he was not in the public eye for a long time. So that's probably why you don't know who he is, because he was like mad sick. Like I don't know what he had, but he was Romeo like in the hospital and stuff. Really? He looked like Romeo. Oh wait, hold on. His hair be weird to me. His face um, kind of weird. Yeah, but um, oh his hair. Yeah, who am I to talk about somebody? How somebody look? No, I'll be going outside looking any kind of way. So, but um, you know I'm not gonna say what, what I thought he looked like. Okay, so let's move on. <laughs> so he came out saying, I think he was on he was on a podcast with Angelie from the Breakfast Club saying something about Jada Pinkett Smith and how they was together or something like that, and how he loved her and something. Something I didn't listen to it. I don't know, but basically he came out and people were like, "Oh shoot, August Alcina and J- Jada Pinkett Smith were together," and so of course Will Smith and Jada, Will and Jada have been together since like 1996. So people mm-hmm. are like, "Whoa, when did this happen?" Um. So then, apparently, so apparently, Jada she denied it initially, but she um she said she didn't do nothing with him, and then I guess something happened that it was like indisputable, mm-hmm. um and then so she was like I'm gonna bring myself to the red table. So she has a show called Red Table Talk, where she be Not bringing so people cool. on talk. No, I said a show called. Oh, I thought you said yeah. She has a show called Red Table Talk where she brings people there to talk, you know, be talk about controversial situations and mental health and it, it's just yeah whatever look it up and she <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> this was, oh it's on facebook watch i think facebook watch is that's what it's called i think so. anyway um yeah so she brought her her and will were there and they were just basically explaining the situation. It happened a couple years ago, like four years ago or so. And um, basically, August Alcina was in a bad place in, li- in life. He was sick. He was going through it. And he met their family and Will and Jada, um, where they befriended him. And then um, they were having issues in their marriage, and they had separated. Um, and so while they were separated, Jada, in her words, started an 
an entanglement <laughs> with August. <laughs> I'll see that. You and I decided we were going to take our space and what happened. Yeah, and then I got into an entanglement with August. An entanglement with August. An entanglement with August. An entanglement, an entanglement, an entanglement with August. An entanglement with August. An entanglement with August. An entanglement, an entanglement, an entanglement with August. An entanglement with August. An entanglement with August. An entanglement, an entanglement, an entanglement with August. So if we could just pull over here, that is so manipulative. I'm sorry. An entanglement, sis. You were in a full relationship with him. Exactly. And Jada, what what people realize I, I watched you rectangle what is it called? Rentanglement. The rest of- <laughs> <laughs> I watched the Red Table Talk once, and that was when Jordan and Chloe and had that thing. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Um, but Jada has a way of making foolishness sound insightful. I was in it. I was in an entanglement, girl. No, you weren't. Yeah, it, it was a lot of like projecting, like the or like um kind of dodging the blame for the situation like if they were truly separated then you know and if that was the whatever in their marriage like they were seeing other people they were seeing other people that's not the problem Mm -hmm. but the fact that he was like sick and she was saying that he was very very vulnerable and going through a lot and you she said she was like healing him or whatever and then you took that to a sexual level i think it's just not okay Mm -hmm. if somebody isn't is a mentally and physically vulnerable state and they confide in you and now all of a sudden now y'all y'all doing xyz together and Nah, I don't. I don't really think that's that's right. But whatever, it's not my business. We just hit using it as a catalyst to talk about music, uh, classical music history. So, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's really the situation. She said it was an entanglement, and and it was actually pretty sad because she was like, because he was like, I've never loved a woman like how I love Jada, and and I could die today knowing that I felt genuine love. And she was like, Yeah, y'all, I was bored and I want to feel good. So, Jesus. you know, like it was just like yikes. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's what that's what happened um, on the red table talk. Like I said, y'all can look it up if y'all want to watch it. It's not long; it's like thirteen minutes long mm-hmm. um, of her and Will uh, talking about the whole situation and laying it out. So we said all that to say we're talking about the Maulers today. Period. <laughs> <laughs> because all Alma, baby girl. <laughs> if y'all don't know about Alma Mahler, y'all are in for a treat. Cause girl, my my jaw was on the floor. I said it was a it was a mixture. It was a it was an emotional roller coaster. It was like really sis and period sis. I I, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Wow. Okay, so I'm just gonna give you a little background of uh alma's earlier life so alma was born on august 31st 1879 in vienna austria her father was um emil jacob schindler (laughs) he's a famous uh landscape painter so after her father died she began focusing a lot on composing she initially studied composition and counterpoint at the age of seven with Joseph Labor, but then she um, met Alexander von Zemlinsky 
in early 1900 and began composing lessons with him. Um, and this continued until her engagement with Gustav Mahler in 1901, which is after that she stopped composing. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, the chronological, look, what am I saying? <laughs> it's, it's on to get late. So I'm my, it's, it's getting real good over here. It's on to get late. So I'm starting to, I know it's not late for some, but for me it is. The chronology. That's not even it. (laughs) (laughs) The chronological. Okay, I said it for you. No, chronology is a word. Chronology? Oh. (laughs) Over here, sound like T.I. The chronology of The chronology of her compositions is kind of difficult to establish because she didn't date any of her manuscripts. That's why your teacher already always told you to put a head on your paper. And she also destroyed many of them herself. Um, She composed and sketched mostly leader and also around 20 piano pieces and some chamber music works and also seen from an opera. But only about 17 of her songs uh, survive. Um, yeah, so moving on with her life, um, uh, she became a U.S. citizen, uh, later in her life in the 1940s. Um, and so she, after that, she moved to New York City and she was a big cultural figure there. Um, cause Leonard Bernstein was a champion of her, uh, late husband, uh, Gustav Mahler's music, um, and apparently uh, Alma Mahler came to some of the lectures um, and some of the, the rehearsals that he did. Um, a lot of people considered her, of course, to be, I guess this was around, this was around 30 years after Mahler had already passed because he died in 1911. And this is like in the 1940s. And um, so a lot of people um, were considered her like a link to him because obviously Mahler, huge name. Um, but shortly after that, it wasn't shortly, it was 20 years later. Um, <laughs> she, <laughs> y'all, I'm telling y'all, I'm like, musicologists listening to this podcast are going to be like, <laughs> quaking. Um, you'll be okay sorry y'all. This. Right. You'll be all right. It's trifling for a reason. Right. Um, <laughs> so she died in 1964, um, in New York city. Um, she was, uh, buried in the same grave as one of her daughters that unfortunately died young. Um, and just a couple steps away from Gustav Mahler. Um, but she had, um, a huge legacy. I mean, people, uh, wrote pieces inspired by her in her, um, in her life. There was a film, um, called Mahler that was about her husband or, yeah, about one of her husbands, Gustav Mahler. Um, <laughs> right, you got to be specific. Right. Because um, I'm mad that, no, never mind. One of the Wikipedia articles said, like, Alma, it said, like, Alma Mahler, and then in parentheses it said, or, and then Alma, uh, but, and then it had all of her last names. Like, y'all ain't have to do that That is me. so trifling. Like, y'all know she ain't write it. She never wrote it like that. So why y'all got to do that? Like, mm-hmm. nah. Um, she probably used her maiden name. Ain't going right um but there was a um that that movie depicted um some important events in Mahler's life and his relationship with his um his relationship with Alma because you know 
there's some stuff going on there which we will get into um and then uh later on a um israeli writer um joshua sobel or sobel i don't know how to say his name and austrian director um paulus monker you know what i should have never said their names (laughs) um they created a polydrama which i don't know what that is you know what that is a polydrama yeah And I just, it says no results found. So, um, anybody know what a polydrama is? Let us know. Um, um, but it was called Alma. Um, so it's about her. Um, so these are all things that y'all can, you know, to see, you know, what's going on, what's going on over there. Um, but it was, um, it was later made into a three part TV miniseries in 1997. Um, uh, other than that, I mean, more people wrote uh, song cycles about her. Um, a treatment of her life was presented um, uh, in a film called Bride of the Wind. Um, Broad of the Wind? No, Bride. <laughs> that's also, that's also kind of, that's also kind of Bride of the Wind. What that mean? That's like Bride of the Streets. Nah, y'all. That's like when they say she's for the streets. Nah, y'all, y'all ain't slick. And they, they ain't low at all. <laughs> y'all are not slick, bride of the wind. Nah, y'all did that on purpose. Nah, y'all did that on purpose. Do not play. Um, but in 1998, um, uh, extracts from her diary were published, which I must read because oh, I'm definitely reading that. Sis has she had a lot going on, um, um, and then um, in 2010, a German filmmaker uh released a film that translates to Mahler on the Couch, um, that that uh, also portrays uh the relationship that he had that uh Gustav Mahler had with Alma. So there's a lot to dig into in terms of her legacy, um. Like, you know, I mean, she only died in 1964, so so pretty recently. Yeah. Um, And so there's a lot. That, that's the benefit with, like, you know, these composers that have that have been around in recent years. Like, there's so much. There's just multiple TV series and, and, and films and stuff and her diaries and stuff that, that y'all can read. And I'm telling you, after this, after this episode, y'all going to be looking. That's all I got to say. A polydrama is a drama... First of all, period. Okay. First of all, that doesn't attribute much importance to a storyline and disregards the storyline as an important fact. I apologize. Wait. Wait, huh? (laughs) A polydrama is a drama which, first of all, doesn't attribute much importance to a storyline and disregards the storyline as an important fact. A polydrama supposes that truth resides in a comprehensive structure of the entire story. So love and hip hop or black ink crew. So reality TV. That's what I, I mean, that's, that's how I, that's the I, first, I don't understand that. That's the first association my brain made. Yeah. Where I like, understand that. this, this, that's how my brain made sense of it. Cause if the storyline is an important fact it's like who like this person's doing this and this person's doing that and like uh, they don't make sense separately but together it's love and hip-hop that's how i hmm. i want to look into that more 
or no 90 day fiance but actually that's that wouldn't really work because i mean every storyline has a storyline i mean and also um it has this is in relation to alma mater alma mater it's really hard Mm -hmm. to say her name without saying alma mater Mm -hmm. um so this this term doesn't seem very universal because I googled the term itself and the first thing that comes yeah, up yeah it's Mahler. it's Alma mm-hmm. that's oh but it says play why ain't y'all to say play okay anyway about her and yeah before we jump in we're not we I, we know she contributed a lot more than her relationships but we're just this is what we highlighting because you know we trifling over here that's what we do. We just haven't, we already in the house like, dang, we can't have no fun. You can't have fun in the house. Where can you go? Um, Nowhere, because pandemic. Okay, so um, we'll get into, so I remember how I told you she was taking lessons with Zemlinski at the beginning, y'all. Okay, so they had like, <laughs> I was about to say she taking more than lessons. <laughs> Cause he's probably teaching him a thing or two. <laughs> Carry on. <sighs> Zemlinski and Alma fell in love, but they kept their relationship a secret. But honestly, you really can't tell if it was like mutual because like she used to make fun of him like she would uh tease him about his ugly features and stuff and like she would say she said some stuff that i left off because it's like loki really mean i mean but you know when you i don't know i guess that's how they were whatever but their relationship uh grew a little bit strained um and zemlinski um visited her less and less throughout that I don't blame him. Like, how you gonna be? How you gonna be telling like that's your boo and you, man, you ugly and, and I could do better than you and, and X Y Z. Oh yeah, what's, what she said like saying? I could get ten people. Hold to up. replace you or whatever, something like that. I was like, I mean, like, Dang, sis. mama, you bad, but you not that bad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, day, like, like you mean he ain't the cutest little thing out there, but he's a person, like, right. You can't just be nah. That was mean, sis. Come on, come on. Um, yeah. What she say? Oh, I could easily have ten others <laughs> to replace you. Like what? Literally. <laughs> I mean, choose 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 your people wisely because come on, I can me. have. See, and that's why that's why it's important to have high self esteem, even if you gotta fake it. Because then you end <laughs> You know exactly. You, fake it. <laughs> you remember that you remember that dude? Remember that dude? Oh, your boo from the thing. You did not just say that. <laughs> you were not on these mics cutting up. What are you talking about? You know exactly what I'm talking about. He was not my boo. Mm-hmm. I know exactly who you're talking about. You yeah. Sorry. He was not your boo. You were his, though, in his head. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, it was a mess. I was like, you gotta let it go. Like, you really gotta let it go. But anyway, yeah. But anyway, um, so 
she um in 1901 um and she was mind you this is she was with Zemlinski. Mm-hmm. that was her boo that was her boo she was teasing him but they but he was still, I, I still rock with you sis um love you put no one above you and she started going to the salon where she saw Molly Gustav Molly as y'all know him and she was like okay period I could do a little flirt here and there right was hey, flirting boo. like Hey, or what? What she? What she speak German? Good um, time. Good time. Period. Good time, boo. You look. You look good in your in your tales. Now I look. You want to? Now I look. You want to translate this to German? <laughs> People gonna be like, y'all too freaking much. But anyway, um, she she started flirting with him. Um, and then, you know, shortly after that, while she was still in her relationship with Zemlinski, she started an affair with Mahler. Um, by the next month, her and Mahler were secretly engaged. Without telling Zemlinski. You got a whole boo. Okay, not even a boo. You like, but you know what? People be getting married on the side. Remember? No, I'm saying like you got a whole boo like Zemlinski, your boo. You got, you engaged to somebody? Remember that episode of The Read where that dude had got married? He did. He got married secretly. So at least she, you know what? At least she told him before the marriage. Okay. (laughs) Nah, sis, that's real bad. First of all, why you flirting when you got your man at home? And you already got, you already told man's, you know what? You look, sorry, y'all. You already, you already told uh, man's, like, you know, you a little ugly, but you know, I could deal so he he thinking that he got his he thinking that he got his girl you know he trusted you know to, for you to go out you know what I'm saying without him you know what he probably was there. I'm trying to sorry I'm a, I'm gonna be Delaney wrong. is I'm trying just in case you don't know Delaney is trying. <laughs> <laughs> she said good attack we get s dear minor life. <laughs> translated to German it's uh, that was how are you doing my love I nah stay away from someone he, somebody come up to you hey Delaney my love I just thought that my love nah she ain't saying yeah. I mean but I was uh, there ain't no translation for boo I guess so let me hold you you know what I really should know that's inappropriate that's very yeah that's inappropriate um <laughs> But yeah, uh, so they were secretly engaged, um, and a couple weeks, a couple days after that, actually, that they were secretly engaged, she wrote to him, not even wrote to him to break up with him, she wrote to him to tell him that she was engaged. Dang, she basically texted the breakup. (laughs) Not even, not even, I'm writing to tell you, you know, I mean, okay, granted, I ain't read the letter, but it said, like, you know, it made it seem like, it, it said she wrote to him to tell him about her engagement, so like, it's like getting a save the date in the mail, like from your girlfriend, <laughs> right? And you know she, she, you know she was already rude to him, so it probably be, it was, we should find the actual letter, you know, so the music history, historians ain't, you know, they they lids ain't peeling back, but <laughs> it was probably something along the lines of, you know what, I found me a man, he cute, it's not me, it's you. Best of luck in your future endeavors, right? <laughs> Let me look at Zemlinski. Was he cute? 
ich habe einen Mann okay. gefunden. Das ist ein Mann. Ich habe einen Mann gefunden. What do you say? It's not me, it's you. Right. I'm over here really. <laughs> Let's see. It could be an snitched. That doesn't sound right. Oh, it's just not over. It's not done. What you think about how about Zimlinski? What you think about him? Yeah, I mean he that ain't got nothing to do with me, if we're being honest. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm okay. But um yeah, so she Aww. wrote to Zimlinski and told her, like, listen, um, I'm engaged. She feel free to come you to the imagine? Um yeah, he freaking reading that that's so sad um but they they formally announced their engagement a couple weeks after she let her boyfriend know that she was marrying someone else um (laughs) and then um a couple years later um unfortunately i mean you know they they have been married and stuff and unfortunately they one of their um children um passed away from scarlet fever um when she was very very young she was only five years old um but um shortly after that uh, she began an affair um, with a young architect named Walter Gropius. Are we pulling over here talking about Mahler? Yeah, yeah, because there, there's, there's more to get into about about her marriage with Mahler. So, um, yeah. So, so her marriage with Mahler was tumultuous for a couple of reasons. Obviously, they lost a child, so that will take a toll on anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like we said in the overview of her life, Alma was a composer as well, and as y'all know, Mahler was a huge name. Um, and he felt some type about his wife composing, and often tried to uh, stand in the way of that, which definitely, um, I'm I'm sure that that caused a tiff or two. Um. Yeah, girl. This is really annoying. Like men who are intimidated by women, also doing what they doing. Like maybe if he was focused more on his, you know, let me not say that. But um, what was that? Nothing. Cause we're not gonna act like you wouldn't take Brother John and put it into one of your symphonies, but. This made it minor but you know it's a cute little symphony but um i like Mahler a lot he went through a lot i read his uh memoir in high school his was it his memoir or his biography was it a memoir i think it was a memoir i don't remember um but yeah that part really jumped out to me especially the part where like when they got married she's like she settled into her into you know being a wife and taking care and i'm like who said i mean also the time it's the times you know it's like the early 1900s but i don't know it was it was it was just too bad because we could have gotten way more her music and it was only when it was only when their stuff was on the rocks that he was like okay wait wait wait, wait hold up hold up hold up okay we, right go ahead and write a little song i could i could see what i could do nah man yeah yeah because you know uh initially i mean he uh um, he forbade her forbade her i don't want a man to tell me composing. what i can't do first of all right yeah <laughs> you're, I was not gonna say, you're, not, you're not gonna forbid me from doing nothing you you tell me delaney i forbid you to jump <laughs> off that bridge laugh. i'm i'm becoming you was i'll be an olympic diver 
dive right off that bridge. <laughs> and <laughs> here lies Delaney. <laughs> here lies Delaney, who can't be told not one single thing. A man gonna open his. First of all, a man, you're not even gonna talk to me too hard. Talking about, I, yeah, I was just about to I say, fought, <laughs> bitch, you Katie to to what? <laughs> oh my goodness! Talking about, and then and then he realized because is this the one where everybody knew? The one where everybody knew what that he that she was being that she was uh she had she had somebody else on the side or was that another one? Oh, oh yeah, I forgot I did mention that because I was like, did I get to that part? Yeah, it's some, it's a lot of overlap. And I mean, she was never without a man. I'm period. Period. She said, um, "What you not gonna do is catch without a man." Exactly. Um. So you know, it had to be a little overlap a couple times, a couple, one, two, three, four, four times. And so, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think everybody did know, and that's kind of why Mahler kind of doubled back and was like, "Well, hold up, hold up, hold up. We could, we could do something, and you, and you could p- compose a little something, something, and I'll help you out and whatever." So he came around. He came around um, later in their marriage to being accepting of her um, composing um, because he dis- simply because he discovered the affair that she was having with Walter Gropius, which, by the way, the last name, huh? <laughs> but, you know, Mahler, Mahler, I mean, even though, you know, whatever, he had he loved that. He loved Amo for real. He, you know that uh, his Fifth Symphony, that string movement? Oh right, was written for her. If a dude wrote me something like that, if she like that, yo. But she was like, you know what? I'm, you know what? My boyfriend wrote me the same thing. <laughs> Listen, period, <laughs> sis. But yeah, I mean, I think that's yeah. It's, it it does make you think like, dang, we could have got way more of her stuff if mm-hmm. you hadn't been doing all that being all extra oh, I forbid you to do x y and z boy anyway like forbid I just feel like me. jealousy is a disease get well soon like why why don't you want your wife to be popping like you now she popping something else for somebody else right so. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go so I mean good sisters pop lock and dropping all over Europe and that's on period Because, okay, so Mahler died in 1911, and <laughs> I love the story so much because do your thing, sis. So, Alma, Alma didn't resume contact with, with Gropius, like, right away, right? So, for two years, she had a tumultuous affair with Oscar Kokoschka, um, who, I think he was a painter, but she was very he was very possessive of Alma and we we know that from <laughs> not this face because I could possessive listen I'm doing what I'm doing period so you either you either, you either want to be my man and I do what I do or you or I could be single and I do what I do I'm telling you my Alma I don't know what she, what type of, what type of gymnastics she was doing up in there, but she had all of these men whipped. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what it was about her, but whoo, Chile. I mean, Man, she was ahead of her time. She, what she needs to be doing, she, imagine she had a blog. 
that's what we needed. We need we need the memoir. I mean, she did write some stuff, but um. So she uh, Kakashka was super possessive, and this tired both of them because you we know that almost very free. Her man was like, "Well, hold up now." Um. So the minute that Kakashka enlisted in the uh, Astro, um, Hungarian army, Alma was like, "Well." This is a perfect opportunity. <laughs> and she disses herself. <laughs> Not the perfect opportunity. That reminds me, have you seen that tweet? Like somebody, people usually, t- they usually pair it with another tweet. Like if a dude on Twitter says something trifling and like, just not even trifling, but just like, huh? Mm-hmm. Like something that's really misogynistic or, or it's just dumb. And there's this lady who tweeted, she was like, I miss the days when men would go to war and die. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, who hurt you, sis? Who did that it? That is so messed up. I was like, yo, who did Are it? Are you okay? Like, and that's what Alma that's what said. She said, period. See you never. She's like, all I need is, all I need is a next draft, okay? <laughs> They start their draft. I start draft. I start my own. Okay. Oh, that's what he was looking at me. <laughs> I was like, what's she waiting for? Me. Okay. So, um, so after, after Kakashka went off for the war, she was like, you know, I'm gonna go back to Gropius because you know what? I was gonna say something terrible. I want to let that out because this is a PG podcast. But she went back. Um, so they had a daughter together uh, named Manon. And this is this is where this is a little trifling. So Alma also became pregnant and gave birth to a son named Martin, Carl Johannes Gropius. Um and Gropius believed that this child was his, but because Alma also had an ongoing affair with this dude named Werfel, people ain't really know. An affair or an entanglement? An entanglement. Oh, this could be an entanglement, huh? Because she was with Gropius. If you're confused, honestly, like, it's a lot going on. So let's just review where we at right now. So she was with Zemlinski. Zemlinski? Um, and then she, while she was with Zimlinski, she flirted with Marler, got with Marler, Marler, while Marler was alive, um, she was in the entanglement with, um, Gropius, Marler died. Before she went to Gropius, she, she was very brief with Kashkash, Kokoshka, Kokoshka, Kokoshka went to the war, she went back to Gropius, that's who we are now, Okay. So they had a daughter named Manon and then they also had a son named Martin, but people was like, is Martin hers? Is Martin his? Gropius is? Because, you know, she be. Not Gropius is. <laughs> I mean, that's correct, but it just sounded. Marla, um, Alma was out here. I like him, like him too. He my man, he my book. <laughs> 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 so. People would, and the thing is, like, everybody knew about it too. 
everybody knew Alma was out here and didn't say nothing. And that's where I stand. Yeah, because it's not y'all business, you know? Like, and I just, could you imagine a red table talk with, with Alma, Warfel, Gropius, Kakashka, Mahler, and Zemlinski? What do you All think they would the say? All of them at the table. That's like one of them. That's like one of them questions where it's be like, if all of your exes was in a room, like, what would they say about you? What do you think they would say about her? I think they all probably wanted her back. So they'd probably be like, okay, guys, we know what we're dealing with, right? We know how she is. So I feel like we just flip a coin. Oh, but it's five of them, huh? And, and look and right but even with whoever it lands on she put like actually <laughs> me and me and hans are right hans is waiting outside in the carriage right. they had cars back then <laughs> 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 this was like the early it's like the 1900s <laughs> there were cars um right he's running outside and me and peter car. also got it got it <laughs> so yeah y'all can come, y'all can fight over me if y'all want to and you know what this reminds me of hmm She's got to have it because, because Nola darling was like, that was like her whole thing. Like she was polyamorous, but like before, you know, like when people weren't really talking about polyamory like that. So then she had, she had, um, what was his name? I think his name was Jamie. He was like the guy, like the older guy who was like really well established. And then she had Greer who was like the artsy one. And mm-hmm. then and she had Mars who was like, you know, the, I guess like the street guy or whatever um and she was like and they were all man we want to get you we want to get with you and she was like actually I'll take none of you um you can come over though <laughs> <laughs> and period Alma I just feel like the only thing is they didn't know about that except for Gropius 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 knew I'm trying to figure out what was it about Alma. Like, I, I want to read a memoir or something. Like, like what was it? You know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. dudes are throwing it, throwing themselves at her and did not care. Like, Ropey, it's like, how did you go to the pub with these people being like, your wife is out here with um whomever? Because, you know what? It seemed like people was minding their business. And I, I stand. Because I'm an advocate for minding my own business. And I just feel like that's that's it. I'm here for it. I mean, period. Um, But, yeah. Um, oh, wait, so, real quick. So, they after a year of being together with Gropius, like, married, they got divorced. Mm-hmm. And, unfortunately, Martin uh, passed. And, um... In 1920, that divorce became final, so she was back out there. Pew, pew, pew. Right. Period. Um, so, you know, of course, oh, like Katie said, overlapping with her relationship with her, sorry, marriage. <laughs> right. Obvious. To marriage. Um, <laughs> uh, she became entangled with Werfel. Um, uh, uh, her, she, sorry, she, um, and Werfel, who was, who was Jewish, they were forced to leave off Austria to go to France, um, because this is in 1938, so, you know, um, uh, they were, they maintain a household in a place that I cannot pronounce in France. Katie, you got that? 
Sanary Sermer. Yep, that. Oh, um, something about the sea. Sanary about the sea. On the sea. Oh. Right, yeah. We all know Mare because of WC, so. Um... <sighs> We were having a good um, time on the French, on the French Riviera. It's as was Alma, um, <laughs> over and over and over and over and over again. Um, <laughs> and they lived there from the summer of 1938 to the spring of 1940. Um, but unfortunately, they were no longer safe in France, and so um, they started uh, to secure their immigration to the United States. Now, I mean, were they safe in France? No. Was Werfel safe in his relationship with Alma? Also no. Also no. <laughs> because she was like, Oh, we going to the oh, we going to the US, period. Change of scenery. Um changing you. As in we're no longer together. <laughs> this didn't happen. I'm making this up. But I'm just saying we we don't know what happened when she got here. I mean, but she was mixing up with the autumn composing uh she was messed up with a whole bunch of composers. You can't tell me ain't nothing to pop off. It was she was with Stravinsky, Schoenberg, and um, man. Period. You don't know what's going on in the studio. Not the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Play the play them. Like do this for you. Like there was so I, I feel like during this time, especially, um, <laughs> during this time especially, it's so few women were probably living for themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do I condone infidelity? No. Um. However, <laughs> I mean, we all know. I feel like just I don't know. I feel like I could not have been married during this time. Like you talking about. P- p- talking about your man forbidding forbidding you from doing stuff and and you can't do x y and z and you must be a housewife and you must have my kids like at this point yeah go ahead then sis right i feel like she was she was just ahead of her time she was like um madam cj walker's daughter just being free Mm -hmm. socialite living it up i'm like i love it I mean, like like I said, I do not condone infidelity, but sometimes you just gotta use these men for what they work. <laughs> I also don't condone that, but listen, just got a whole bunch of wedding rings out of it, so probably sold them after that. Period. <laughs> An entrepreneur, we love to see it. All right, y'all. Well, I mean, tell us about your entanglements in the comments. On the <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> um, if we can talk about them on the show. No, I'm just playing. Could you imagine? What if people did send us trifling mail like they sent to the read? That'd be so cool. I think I want to do a mail episode. I want to, what, what y'all be talking about? What y'all be going through? Yeah, if y'all got messy stuff to talk about, I mean, we really might could. If we did a mailbag, wait, anybody gonna write us no letters? Let us know if we should do a yeah. mailbag. About what? I don't, I don't know too. My professor told me. I'm like, girl, I don't tell you either. <laughs> yeah, uh, classical music mail. But I mean, I feel like classical music can be messy. But since the field just seems so conservative, mm-hmm. um, I'm over here talking to the mic any kind of way. I don't know how that's gonna sound. But um, um, since the field seems so conservative, people are just less forthcoming with it. Mm-hmm. Just know that messiness is always welcome in our well. 
that sounds bad. I don't mean like messy messiness, like you know, like bad bad stuff. Yeah, like, but you know, like life's um, fun, like everybody having fun. Right, you know, like not like oh, man, never mind. I'm not even going. I'm not even going to make up no jacked up scenario. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but yeah, you know, a little a little trife. We love trife. Uh, a little, you know, my stand partner, you know, my, I mean, ain't nobody having a stand partner these days, but. And probably for the foreseeable future. Right. But somebody who I'm doing this project with, they're getting on my last nerves. What should I say to them? You know, some. That would be know, cute. Because, you know, we, we've been in that situation. We are in that situation. So. You know. That would be mad cute. Period. All right, y'all. Let us know what y'all think about Alma. And, and all that, yeah. Oh no, go with me. Oh no, no, no. I was gonna say, and you know, check her, check her compositions out as well. Oh Those yeah, that she was not for forbidden from, you know. But anyway, you got a black excellence. Yep. <clears throat> it's time for black excellence, where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props because it's room for everybody at the top. This week, I'm talking about Paul Grossfenor. Um, he is a soloist and chorister at the Met. Period. Period. Uh, he was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Studied voice at the University of Michigan. He made his operatic debut as uh, Don Alfonso in Conzi. Why did I say it like that? Conzi. Come on, Katie. Cozy Fantu <laughs> with the Opera Theater of the Rockies. He's a former principal guest artist of at the Tri Cities Opera, where he performed the role of Colleen in La Boheme. Um, he performed the role of the Commendator in Don Giovanni, <laughs> and the title role of the Mikado in the Hawaii Hawaii premiere. What am I saying? Hawaii Performing Arts Festival. He's a former apprentice apprentice artist at the Sarasota Opera, and he was a resident artist with the Toledo Opera for their 2016-2017 season. Okay, so let me tell you about where I saw Paul. Okay? So, I was on Instagram, minding my business, on my, uh, it wasn't in my explore page, I think I was scrolling through stories because if you know me, I don't really follow. If you, the only classical musicians I follow are my friends because I go to Instagram to have a good time. Um, and I saw somebody doing a little one-two on they on they uh on the on their stoop. Is that, yeah, stoop kid doesn't leave a stoop. You remember that episode? Anyway, on their stoop, you looked at me like you've never seen Hey Arnold. Okay. <laughs> Um, I saw someone doing a performance from their stoop and Delaney. I had I was like, who is this? I'm gonna play a little bit of it. It was Paul. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna skip ahead just a little bit. Okay, 
papá. Like, I was like, I was like really surprised because what it is. So they started this thing called this, this an event called St. James Joy. So like every day at like 7 p.m., um, people would acknowledge the essential workers. So him and his him and his uh, wife, Amani, they started this project where they would do like little performances and stuff on on the stoop in, in Brooklyn. And so all these people, I mean. Yes, it's it's fine. All these people were gathered and they you could tell it was like a whole bunch of black people and they were like surprised when he started singing because it's like, yo, what the heck? And they want to make like opera more accessible. Um, so this is a great way to do it. Outside of the opera house on a stoop, who would think that you would hear opera right here? And like when he opened his mouth, I was like, Oh, snap, like, oh, he sings singing. Um I'm gonna go ahead and link the article that says more about like what him and Imani are doing. Um, it's also a cute little love story too because you know they met in college and stuff in music in classical music. What a concept! Who does that? Um, oh, the McCain duo. So them two and Paul and Imani, <laughs> but. Yeah, I'll go ahead and link the article that talks about that. Um, and yeah, shout out to you, Paul. Keep being black and excellent. Period. Um, all right, so my piece of the week um is by our sis Alma. Um Hey Alma. All right, so they had no time I... to write, huh? Busy. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um Well, you know, I it's low-key trifling that I chose this piece, the title. Um, but um, it's from her four songs for voice and piano. I mean, she has um, a bunch of, like, little sets like that. But this one, I mean, it translates to Light in the Night, which... I mean, <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Classical Black Podcast. Don't forget to <laughs> no, follow. No, was another one. There was another one called With uh, with You It Is Pleasant. Um, but I couldn't one I couldn't find a recording and two I mean that title not really accurate from almost with y'all is <laughs> oh you know what that could have been her little breakup song with you yeah. it was pleasant it is pleasant oh dang yeah but um yeah but light in the night uh by Miss Alma Mahler I will link it below which first of all you know what I mean. You know what I mean? Where are you going to link it? Tell the people where you're going to link it so we could go. I will link it in uh, the description of this episode so that y'all can listen to Light in the Night and, you know, do whatever you do in the night. Uh, yup. Do whatever you do in the night. If it's a little light in your night, it's like Miss Alma. Anyway. Ain't going ain't to need no lights for well. Oh, never mind. So. All right. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> If you heard that, if it made that, if that made it into the show, you just know that there are far worse things that we cut out. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. Y'all, we growing. You see our little fam fam growing? Yeah. Don't forget to entangle with us. Entangle class- with no. us on Classically Black Podcast at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, that's PG, or a black excellence suggestion, Send it to classicallyblackpodcast at gmail.com and we will talk to you next week. I'll be the same. 
not bye